And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play -play coming to you live here on this uh, Wednesday, I think. Yeah, Wednesday. <laughs> the holiday has me thrown off a little bit. It is a Wednesday, January the 3rd. Hope everybody is enjoying themselves and having a wonderful start to their day. We've got a fun play-by-play -play coming to you today. Um, our usual Wednesday show. We've got uh, in the next segment, Terrebonne Boys Basketball Coach Coach Brandon Brown will be joining us. Why are we having Brandon Brown on? Well, his team plays a big, 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 big game against HL Bourgeois today to start off district play. Great opportunity for the Tigers. Great opportunity for the Braves. Evenly matched opponents. Rivalry matchup. I could go on and on and on. That's a big one tonight. And we look forward to seeing the results out of that one. We'll have Brandon on in the next segment to talk about that matchup. Then at noon, it's Wednesday at noon. So it's time to go to South Lafouche High School and have boys basketball coach, Coach Brody Williams on the line. He will tell us about the way his team wrapped up the core holiday invitational, getting a win against E.D. White, playing some good basketball, and taking some momentum into the new year. The Tarpons are going to be heading to the St. Charles tournament this week, trying to carry that momentum forward. Then at the bottom of the show, or the bottom of our call-in segment, rather, uh, at 12.15, we'll have Taylor Griffin on the line. Well, what could we possibly chat with Turtle about? Well... Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has returned to WWE and has announced that, hey, he's in it for the long haul. He's just getting started. Like, he's back for a, an extended run. We're excited about that. Um, we've got an LSU bowl game to talk about. We've got the New Orleans Saints to talk about. And then we got breaking news out of Baton Rouge to talk about, which is LSU um, head coach Matt, not Matt House, and LSU coach Brian Kelly has fired Matt House and the entire defensive staff in Baton Rouge show the Tigers are revamping their defense, making wholesale changes with their defense. And then we'll also talk to Turtle about you know, tarpon basketball and different things as well. But we're going to lead off today's show like we always do, going through some of the scores and some of the different things that happened last night. It was, a, it was really for a Tuesday. Eh, not all that busy, but a lot of that had to do with the fact that it's the Tuesday after a holiday. A lot of teams move their games to Wednesday and different things like that. So it was not as active, but there were some noteworthy and very worthwhile games to report on. In our local 5A district, man, the heart just breaks a little bit for Ashley Barba and the Thibodeau Lady Tigers. They're so close. It feels like, man, they play these river teams, Hanville, Destrehan, East St. John, what have you. And they're so doggone close. Last night out in reserve, East St. John gets a 47-45 to win over Thibodeau. Thibodeau just can't quite get over that hump. East St. John gets a 47-45 to win over a Thibodeau team that is struggling. They're now below 509-10 on the season, and they've got to figure out a way to get some wins here if they want to try to punch that ticket forward into the top 28 and make it to the Division I non-select playoffs. A little bit of a surprising result in our local district in 5A last night. Not necessarily surprised by the result per se, but I am surprised the fact that Destrehan blows Hanville out last night. They go to Booty and get a 51-29 win. Destrehan rolls past Hanville. I was under the impression that the River Schools are all kind of even with one another and maybe Thibodeau just a smidge behind them. Nah, apparently not the case. Destrehan goes on the road, gets a 51-29 win over Hanville, a decisive lopsided win over Hanville on the road, getting a leg up in local district play. Lutcher is an improved team in our local 4A district for the girls. 
They add another PowerPoint uh, to everybody who's going to be facing them later in the year. They get a 40-35 to 35 win over St. James on the road. The Lutcher Bulldogs were young last year, continuing to play hard, continuing to have success this year. They get a 40-35 to 35 win over St. James. By the way, I didn't mention this at the top of the show. Coach Brian Colley is out today on assignment doing some stuff, uh, so it's we're, we're flying solo today. I meant to mention that at the top of the show, and I didn't, so my bad on that. Um in single A, we had CCA in Covenant Christian play. I don't see a score reported there. Uh, we'll try to figure that one out as we go through the, the course of the show. We had Highland Baptist on the girls' side get a 64-8 to win over Hanson Memorial. Talk about a big old lopsided win for Highland Baptist getting a win over Hanson Memorial. So those are girls' basketball scores from yesterday. And we congratulate the winners and wish uh, nothing but the best for everybody as we go forward. Um, girls basketball matchups today. We've got H.L. Bourgeois and Terrebonne. We'd probably favor Bourgeois in that one, but who knows? Uh, then you look around the rest of the area. Of course, we got a game that you'll be able to hear right here on Kaylee B. South Lafouche t- uh, taking on E.D. White in the tank. Six o'clock, or roughly six o'clock opening tip. Two evenly matched teams. Can South Lafouche hold down Caroline Adams? Can they get some offense against the good EDY defense? All of those things will be a factor. South Terrebonne taking on Holden over the French Settlement Tournament. That'll be a whole lot of fun to see. And then in single A, we have, uh, nope, Central Catholic and CC are both off. So it's a light girls schedule today with the exception of the district game between HL Bourgeois and Terrebonne and then the non-district game between South Lafouche and EDY. Now, we go to the boys basketball scoreboard from last night. And again, not an overly filled schedule, but we did have some results of local interest. Um, I don't have the score reported here on the LHSA website, but I can tell you that Hanville beat up on Destrahan on the boys' side last night. I saw it posted on social media. I don't have the exact score, but Hanville got like a 25-30 point win over Destrahan last night. So they roll into district play with a lopsided win over the Wildcats. Not a surprise there. Destrahan hasn't won a game yet this season. Destrahan uh, falls to Hanville. Hanville gets the the home win over the Wildcats. East St. John gets a 57-40 win over Thibodeau on the boys' side. They defend their home floor, play well, take care of business, do the things that they need to do. Remember, Tony Clark was talking about just how athletic East St. John is. They open up district play flexing their muscles. HL Bourgeois and Terrebonne's listed on the LHSA website, but again, that game got moved to Wednesday, so that one will be tonight. Uh, let's see what else we got. White Castle gets a 58-30 to 30 win over Assumption. Assumption is a mess to start the year, man. I, they got some injuries. They got some kids out, and, and frankly, they're just not playing very well. They've not been competitive. They haven't won a game uh, all season, and it's been a big struggle. White Castle puts it on them by 30 last night. Uh, let's see what else we got in single A. We had a district game with Central Catholic of Morgan City getting a big night from Benjamin Case. They got a 60-53 to win over a much-improved CCA team. CCA has uh, some transfer players, some eligible to play right away, some not. They are much improved. We had Coach Troy Jackson on a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about um, how bright of a future he thinks it is for he and his team. Uh, they go on the road last night and fall to a very game Central Catholic team, and it's a good win for Central Catholic, um, who continues to cruise in Division Four select. But the fact that CCA was able to stay within seven of them out in Morgan City is a sign that they're going to be a factor 
in our local 1A district. So great win for Central Catholic and not that bad of a showing for CCA as we look at that one um, going forward. Tonight, on the boys' basketball side of things, again, we've got that big showdown matchup, HL Bourgeois and Terrebonne. That'll be a great game. That'll be a big showcase of local talent. Uh, teams are going to be trying to um, see the score of that one to see kind of the, the pecking order in our local 5A district, and we're going to have Brandon Brown on in the next segment of the show to talk about that. Also on the boys' basketball side tonight, if my LHSA app will cooperate, I could tell you some of the other matchups that we got going on. Let's see. We pull it up here. There we go. Uh, we have Thibodeau traveling to take on Hammond. Remember, Tony Clark was telling us about that matchup. Traveling uh, for a second straight night to take on a very quality Hammond opponent will be a tough test for the Thibodeau Tigers. But, um, man, they're capable of, of, of making some things happen. South Lafouche is traveling to the St. Charles tournament, and they're going to take on the host, St. Charles, at 7.15 tonight. So the Tarpons have an opportunity to get a win over St. Charles tonight and keep that momentum rolling. Berwick is traveling to take on Kaplan today. That game will be on the road for Berwick against Kaplan. We have in single A, no one playing, in double A, nobody playing. So that is the our boys' basketball schedule for tonight. Some good matchups, hopefully uh, we get a great one between Bourgeois and Terrebonne. Man, that one's hard for me to break down, right? That one's hard for me to break down. It's very evenly matched. I think if Terrebonne scores from the outside, they've got a great shot. Um, but if Chris Coleman does Chris Coleman things and scores 35, 40 points like he's capable of doing, uh, it's going to be tough. And but, but, but then having said that, I really believe that the Braves are at their best whenever they're getting a lot of other guys involved in green and, you know, all the other weapons that they have on that team. So it's really going to be an interesting game to open up district play in our local 5A district between two teams that I think are contenders, two teams that I think are unquestionably going to be playoff bound. That game is on the reservation tonight, roughly 7 o'clock. It is a doubleheader, girl-boy varsity doubleheader. Actually, it's going to be a tripleheader. There's going to be a JV game at 5. Girls varsity at 6. Boys varsity at around 7-ish. Uh, should be a great showcase of local talent and a great opportunity for both teams to get started on a strong suit. Yesterday, in kind of the game of the night around the state, we had... Um, Jesuit and, and Jesuit has faced some local teams. That's the reason why I'm shouting this out. Everybody who faced Jesuit plus one PowerPoint, they beat Ed in the car last night, 46 to 26. Ed in the car is good. The fact that Jesuit's beaten them by 20, and the fact that we've had local teams lose fairly close to Jesuit shows the strength of some of the local teams in our area. Like, if you're an HL bourgeois, you're looking at that score saying, hey, we played Jesuit and lost by three. Well, Carr played them and lost by 20. That's a great sign of strength because it's a Jesuit team that's now 16-1, and one, and I could promise you they're one of the best teams in the state. And they beat the snot out of Edna Carr last night, 46-26. to 26. Great old win for them, plus one for everyone who took them on in non-district play. Let's catch a break when we get back. Brandon Brown of the Terrebonne High School Tigers will be on previewing his team's matchup with HL Bourgeois. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. 
While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. What's up? This is Casey Gisclair, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking. Serve just the way you like it, and that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community. Resilient bankers serving a resilient community at State Bank now 70 years strong. If you suffer from neck or back pain, get relief from the experts at Thibodeau Regional Spine Center. We'll start with an evaluation and develop a treatment plan just for you. We offer non-surgical treatment options and if needed, minimally invasive surgery, which can mean a quicker recovery. Get relief from neck and back pain and get back to work and play with Thibodeau Regional Spine Center. Call 985-493-4501. 493-4501. Attention Medicare beneficiaries. It's that time of year again. Medicare annual enrollment period is here. From October 15th until December 7th, you have the opportunity to make changes to your Medicare Advantage plan coverage. Now is the time to speak with a licensed insurance agent about your Medicare coverage options. Find out about the benefits that may be available to you with a Medicare Advantage plan. The Medicare annual enrollment period allows you to shop for plans that may include your preferred doctors and specialists. Call 800-676-1070 and compare different plans available in your area. Take the time to review your coverage and make any necessary changes. Don't wait. Act now. Call 800-676-1070. That's 800-676-1070. Best Medicare is powered by CTA Media, non-government entity, non-affiliated or endorsed by any government agency. Policy will be directed to a licensed insurance agent. No obligation to enroll. Not all plans offer all of these benefits. Availability benefits of plans varies by carrier location, deductible scope based insurance, limitations and exclusions may apply. Water safety tips from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Disclair here flying the ship solo today. And uh, we hope that everybody's having a wonderful day to, to start off this Wednesday. We go to the phone lines for the first time today. We have Terrible and Boys basketball coach, Coach Brandon Brown on the line. Coach, good morning, man. How are we doing? Hey, Casey. Good morning. Happy New Year. Same to you, buddy. Look. I'm a forgiving man. I, I I promised I would never have you on again after you sent me a text message last week saying that s'mores is not even in the top 10 of Pop-Tart flavors. I'm a forgiving guy. It's a new year. I'm willing to let bygones be bygones. But 
What in the heck are the nine other flavors that are above s'mores if they're not even in the top ten? I can't go into all of that. I just know brown, uh, cinnamon, and uh, blueberry and strawberry are definitely way ahead of that. You know, and, uh, so you know, I just I just made my statement, and in 2024, you know, I'm gonna stand by my words. So I'm gonna stand <laughs> on uh, that statement. <laughs> oh, we love you, brother. Uh, you guys got a big one today, taking on HL Bourgeois, making a road trip, facing a district rival, a very quality opponent. But you guys are a very quality team as well. I'm sure the boys are excited, man. This is a big one. You get to face your buddies from across town. This is going to be a good game tonight. Yeah, uh, it's definitely an honor to uh, go out there and uh, play against a, a well-balanced ball club with their uh, host of guards, you know, led by Chris Coleman. So we uh, can can just, just hold them in check, which is a a, a monumental task that uh, we can come out and, uh, with, a, with a, a good result. You guys are at your best when your defense is causing some problems for the other team and maybe setting up some easy offense. You guys got some guys that could guard the ball very well. Uh, talk about how important it's going to be that you keep the ball in front against a team that is so guard-heavy like Bourgeois. Yeah, I mean, our our, our, uh, our guy, our, uh, you know, Kavon Garner, uh, he's going to have to steady the ship for us and, uh, you know, uh, accept that matchup against Chris and just control our pace. And I think that since they are guard heavy and uh, that's not, that won't, uh, you know, pose any problems with any post up, but uh, I think that we can get out there and, you know, just, just bother them just a little bit. Again, you're not going to stop them. If we can bother them, take some poor shots and get some rebounds and stop their transition, you know, just like Vanderbilt, they're elite at a transition game. And uh, hopefully we can get them on the boards and uh, stop that fast break and that'll give us at least a chance to come out victorious. Took two of three at the core holiday invitational. Uh, didn't like the result against Shaw. Obviously, they they kind of separated from you. Got a gutsy win against E.D. White, and then played really well against Lutcher. Got a twenty point win. Talk about you know the core holiday invitational. What you liked and what you didn't like. I didn't like how we didn't prepare for the uh, Shaw game. You know, it's just that those holidays are uh, such a, uh, a tricky situation with kids practicing and not coming to practice, and we. We definitely play like it, like we never uh, practiced in, in like a week or so, and that's what happened. And sure, I didn't think they played their best too, but you know, they came out with a 20-plus uh, victory, and I thought that we finally got it back just a little bit versus uh, Edie White, and uh, it all came together against Lutcher. And I thought that if we'd have had a good three, four days of practice, we could have got that Lutcher-type game versus Shaw. But, you know, uh, that's what happens when we don't uh, prepare, and that's on me. If I have to drive to their houses and, and, and knock on their door and pick them up, I'll do that next time. There you go, bro. Look, you're on the road tonight, but after that, you have a stretch where five of your next six after that are at home. In these evenly matched district games against Central Lafouche and whomever it may be, how important is that home court advantage? And more importantly, how important is it that you defend your home floor and make sure that you win the ones at home? Yeah, especially with, with the district games, being everything being so close, the little things coming to uh, play, home crowd, Knowing your gym, knowing your spot on the floor uh, that you're used to, you're practicing that, that gives you a, a slight advantage. But again, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful uh, district uh, play with everybody being so even. And it's going to come to the little coaches, uh, uh, little tweaks here and there. And uh, also, just going to come to just playing basketball because a lot of us play uh, a little five out and it's nothing too uh, technical. It's going to be guys out there, just those who box out, those who balance the court.
and those who make their free throws and, and finish their layoffs, uh, they're going to be victorious. Billy Ott's out in San Antonio preparing for the All-American game, and then obviously he's had a great week from what I've seen. You know, seen nothing but highlights. But it does leave a void for you guys, man. That's a guy that's a big-time rebounder and playmaker and ball handler. Without him, who are some guys that have to step up? Oh, uh, again, with him out doing fulfilling his dream, but playing an All-American game, that's awesome. We're happy for him, and we're definitely going to be supporting him. But he's a huge void to uh, the field. But I think uh, guys like Renard Smith, number 14 for us, uh, Kayvon Mahoney, uh, number two for us, can, can fill that void. I think they, those two are going to have an impactful game. And I think if Caden Jones can help us out uh, on the inside and get some offensive rebounds against H.L. Uh, Bourgeois, that's been their Achilles heel uh, this season, if we can uh, steal some of those rebounds and get some easy points, then I think that he'll have a good game and uh, – Again, and we know it's going to be close. Nobody uh, is going to run away with this. But if we can finish in the end, uh, we'll come out on the right side. How important are the little things, man? I had Gage Griffin on yesterday, and I was asking him the same question. I said, man, in this district, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of games that with four minutes left in the fourth quarter are still going to be yet to be decided. And that magnifies everything. That magnifies free throw shooting. That magnifies baseline out of bounds plays. That could magnify who has the doggone possession arrow late in the game. Like all the little things feel like in this district, they're going to matter so much more because of how much parity there is. Of course, and it comes down to preparation. Again, if uh, you know, it's, it's on us coaches that we have to drill it home that it becomes a, a, a natural muscle memory for them. You know, because we always talking boxing out, balancing the floor, you know, take your time in your free throws. And it just got to come a necessary habit for them that we don't have to just keep screaming on the sideline uh, to do those things. But, again, it, it's, it's those little things that will uh, decide ball games, taking care of that ball, valuing it, and uh, just making uh, uh, tough free throws at the right time. On the road, it's going to be a rowdy environment, but it's going to be a rowdy environment both ways. You guys are going to travel. They're going to travel. It's going to be a packed gym. There's going to be some uh, maroon. There's going to be some blue. How important is it for your team to kind of settle in early and make sure they get off to that strong start and, and are not phased by the environment they're going to be in? Uh, again, that comes with coaching. You know, we, uh, we have to, me and Coach Shane, we'll have to settle those guys in because uh, uh, just like H.L. Uh, Bourgeois' you know, offensive rebound woes, we have starting out the game woes because we are just again. I know I spoke to you last time and twice in the uh, uh, core invitational uh, tournament that we allow teams to get off on a, a hot start against us. So if we again just execute in the beginning and control that tempo, and that's what good guard play and good coaching uh, um, responsibilities are. And if we do that, we can uh, just just control that pace, and that gives us a chance. You know, why do you think that is? Because, look, the, the coach that I'm going to have on next is going to be Brody Williams at South Lafouche, and he, he's had the same issues. He His team falls behind 10-2. to two. He always has to call that timeout, and then they usually settle in and play a little better. It sounds like you guys are having the same issues. Brody has said, you know, hey, maybe we're going to come out and warm up a little different. Like, do you tweak some of the pregame stuff? Like, how do you make sure that when the ball's tapped, you guys are actually ready to go? Uh, you know what? It just dawned on me. I mean, I keep speaking on it. Maybe I need to, to tweak something, you know, that we're doing instead of just, just me talking. I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I always stress the magnitude of the situation starting off strong. Uh, but I guess that my message isn't, isn't heard, and I have to just do something physically, 
you know, with the guys disrupt their uh, rhythm a little bit. So, you know what, I just gave me a little something I'll, I'll do differently this evening. But, again, it, it's been our Achilles heel. Again, we were 13-6, and six, I believe. That's 19 games. And I, double digits for sure that we've given, given opponents 8-0 plus uh, uh, in games. So it, it's, that's something that, uh, again, I, it's on me. And I have to, uh, you know, convey to my guys. And uh, we can't give, uh, especially a good ball club like HL, can't spot them uh, eight-plus points. Coach, I know I speak on behalf of Coach Kyle, who's not here today, but he tells me all the time, he says, man, Brandon and Shane complement each other wonderfully. You're very intense, you know, the, all business. Shane's a little more loose. He's intense, too, but a little more loose. Man, you guys feed off of one another really well and work really well together. Talk about what Coach Horner brings to your staff. Uh, he, he brings that just, just calmness uh, in, in the midst of a storm. And, I, again, I, I talk about, hey, today I'm not going to – I'm going to relax today. And, you know, and I, you know, do, <laughs> do my little uh, stuff. He, he, he calms me down and always give me the right tips to do the right stuff. Okay, this guy's on the court too much. All right, all right. It's his time to uh, come in. It, it, he definitely is a, is a compliment for me. And, and again, being an ex-player – Nobody warned me how hard it is to coach because, again, the coaches don't play. And all that, that frustration, that energy comes from, I want to be out there. I, can't, I, can't, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I want to go show you on the court. And, and, I, and I can't. And I know that uh, it comes with experience that I, I'm, I'm, it's going to dawn on me that, you know, let's convey more with your words and, and get those kids right instead of the antics. I know I, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm looking to get better. Yeah, no doubt, brother. Hey, thanks so much for the time. Good luck tonight, buddy, and uh, we'll chat soon, okay? All right. Thank you, Case. I appreciate everything. Yep. That is Coach Brandon Brown doing an excellent job, as always, with his Terrebonne Tigers. They got a big one with Bourgeois tonight on the road. There's no result that you would tell me that would surprise me, except you telling me that either one of these teams would get a lopsided win over the other. I don't see it being a 10-plus point win for either team unless if one team pulls away late. I think it's going to be competitive. I think it's going to come down to the final stretch of minutes there at the end. Which team is going to execute better? Which team is going to, you know, avoid foul trouble? All the little teeny tiny things are going to be in play. And um, Brandon's team's going to have a chance at the end. Brandon te- Brandon's team's going to be a player in this before it's all said and done. Just the same as HL Bourgeois. They're going to be a factor in the district race before it's all said and done. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to South Lafouche Boys basketball coach, Coach Brody Williams. He will be joining us to talk about his team heading to the tournament out at St. Charles Catholic, trying to build on some momentum that they got after a victory over E.D. White. It's play-by-play. We start our lunchtime hour after this on KLEB. No Wake Outfitters is the best fly shop and paddle sports dealer in Metairie, but we offer so much more. We can prepare you for hunting season with Lamco game feeders and functional, comfortable camo wear from Duck Camp. And we outfit kayaks to get you in those shallow duck ponds and keep you camouflaged. Let our knowledgeable staff help you have your best season. Also offering Duck Camp and Orvis Outdoor Apparel for men and women. Check out the exclusive brands like Rugged Road, Turtle Box, New Canoe, Old Town, and more. No Wake Outfitters. 1926 Airline Drive. 
Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa wants you to join them for the start of something new sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It's a grand new year, so get a great deal on your new dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The other day, someone said they saw a roach the size of a nutria down around Cutoff. I don't know about that, but nasty pests like roaches, termites, ants, and spiders are running wild up and down the bayou. If you got bug problems, call the local experts at Terminex, and those bayou boys will be there in a jiffy to protect your home or business. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou, Terminex is here to get rid of bugs any size. So call those bayou boys. They'll get you, get you Terminix tough. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Are your deductibles too high? Or are you completely uninsured? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Healthcare Help Desk can help you now when people need help the most. Health insurance laws and rules have changed. If you have Obamacare, are uninsured, or your premiums are too high, call Healthcare Help Desk. It's free. New healthcare plans are available, and you may qualify for dental coverage and lower copays and deductibles. Make the free call now. Top quality coverage at the lowest prices anywhere. You may be paying too much and not even know it. In these troubled times, healthcare is more important than ever. Don't let another day go by without health insurance. Policies are being offered with very low copays and deductibles. So if you're uninsured, underinsured, or paying too much, call Healthcare Help Desk. Call 800-301-7166-800-301-7166-800-301-7166 We want to thank Coach Brandon Brown of the Terrebonne Tigers for his time earlier in the show and in the last segment we had some fun with Brandon. Now... It's Wednesday, and it's a little past noon, so it's time to make the trip out to South Lafouche, and we have Coach Brody Williams with the boys' basketball team on the line. Brody, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing? Doing good, Casey. Good afternoon to you Absolutely, man. Great to have you on. Uh, you guys are approaching the St. Charles tournament, and tonight we'll be playing the host school at 7-15. That would be the St. Charles Comets. Looking at the schedule, they are 7-2 and two and are playing well. It'll be a big challenge for your team. Talk about the opponent today in St. Charles. Yeah, they're very, uh, you know, looking at the film, they're very physical, they're disciplined, they, you know, they play uh, pressure defense, they like to pick up, you know, in the full court and in the half court, they're very aggressive on the ball, and they got some size to them that, you know, is always hard to handle, especially uh, when it comes to the rebounding battle, but, uh, you know, we, we got a plan in place, we had a good practice yesterday, and we're gonna come into school uh, today. Maybe get some shots up, and and then we, uh, you know, we're gonna just have the mindset that you know keep riding that wave of confidence that we've been kind of having, and um, you know, hopefully, come out with the victory. For sure, man. Look at the core holiday invitational. You guys won one of the three games, but I'll be honest with you, Brody. I think that you guys played the best three day stretch of basketball that I'd seen from you guys this year. Throw the Shaw game out. Shaw is, is one of the best teams in the state. Throw that one out. Against Bell Chase, you guys were very competitive against a 9-7 and seven team, had chances, lost by four. Then you rebound on Saturday and get a road win on E.D. White's home floor. That's an eight-win team. Dude, it, it feels like some of those improvements that you guys have been hoping for are starting to happen a little bit for your team. 
Yeah, I, I think a lot of the, you know, our youth is starting to get, you know, playing games and play against some quality opponents. We're starting to find our, you know, our stride a little bit and, uh, you know, starting to knock down some shots, something we struggled with in, uh, earlier in the season, starting to score a little bit better on offense. You know, could it get better defensively? Uh, you know, at times in the, in the EDY game, we look a little confused, losing sight of our man, you know, especially when they were pushing up the floor. So there's some things to clean up there. But um, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're hitting that, that part of the season where we, we, we understand we can play with teams and we got some talented guys. And, you know, we're starting to get out of that youth phase or that, you know, we're young phase. And, uh, you know, experience is starting. Even though we might lack experience in some teams, they're getting some valuable experience playing some good teams. And uh, I think, um, you know, if we can continue to make shots and be a threat to score, especially inside and outside, and then just clean up some things on defense, I think we'll be a pretty, uh, you know, we'll be a great uh, good team going forward. The last time we had you on, I asked you straight up. I said, bro, how do you guys get more out of Nicholas Coleman? And I really hope that like people didn't think I was singling out the kid because I love him to death. I've been coaching him since he's seven or eight years old. But the facts are the facts is that he is your top returning player and he was struggling a little bit to start the year. Now, with that having been said, over at the core holiday invitational, Big fella started to bring it, had double digits in all three games. What has switched, man? Because he's playing more confidently, he's making shots, and he was a big part of your offense over at E.D. White. Yeah, I think just kind of letting him play through uh, some mistakes, you know, and, and I, you know, maybe not getting on him every time he makes a mistake because, you know, he's going to make some mistakes just like any player would. And sometimes he's going to take some questionable shots and, and he's going to do some questionable things maybe, like, you know, but – uh, one thing I tried to do is kind of just let like let him play through that, and I found he responded very well. He's he kind of respects it, like he, he understands when he you know when to take the shot, or if he takes a bad shot, he'll look at me and say, you know, Cody, that was me, that was a bad shot. Like he he could self reflect a little bit instead of me always having to say, hey, look, that wasn't a good shot. So letting him just play through those mistakes and kind of play his own game. You know, he's a good shooter, especially from the mid range. Um, but he can also play inside a little bit. Um, but letting him play through those strengths, not just handcuffing him to one spot or, or making him only play inside or making him only play from the outside, letting him kind of do his own thing. And uh, I, I think it's paid off for us. He's been, um, you know, he's been one of, like you said, our top scorers, and he's actually playing uh, one of our top rebounders, which we were kind of missing from a little bit earlier in the season. So I think uh, if we could keep that confidence going for him and other players, I think we'll, you know, We've got to put something together and, and uh, make a run at some, or win a lot of games. Tell me about Bo George's. The freshman has been getting some minutes. Um, he's heck, he's started a couple of games here in the last few. Um, he makes some freshman mistakes, but he also makes a difference on the glass and drawing some putbacks and different things like that. Boy, it feels like with him, it, like being a ninth grader, it feels like he's got to get off to a strong start to kind of keep his chin up. But boy, when he's rolling, he's a big piece of what you guys do. Yeah, you know, he, like you, you said it best, on the glass is the biggest part. Uh, a lot of times, you know, if we start a certain lineup, they, uh, they, we're smaller, you know, and we kind of realized that against Belchese, that they, were, they had some size, Shaw had size, even Edie White got some bigger, some bigger guys inside, so we realized we're going to have to have a bigger lineup, um, and some, because we were struggling with rebounding the ball, and, uh, I think having him, Coleman, and, and Meathead in there, because Meathead, he's a little bit undersized, but he's a good rebounder, he's aggressive. 
you know, having Caden Jarvis back too, he's a good rebounder. He knows on the size. Uh, it's helping us not only in the defensive end of the floor, but re- that's what's helping us score a lot more in the in the half court. If if you get multiple opportunities to score, you're going to score more points. So I found we weren't getting enough offensive rebounds. We weren't rebounding the offense, and uh, now we are. We're getting some offensive rebounds, and it's uh, paying off for us. We're scoring a lot more, and we're getting more looks at the basket. You mentioned it. You got Jarvis back from the foot injury. Uh, the kid is tough as nails, bro. He's like 5'7", if that. But he's always on the floor diving. He's one of your best rebounders despite the small size. He does a lot of the dirty work, bro, that that maybe wasn't necessarily getting done earlier in the year. And I think that what happens, Coach, is when the kids see him diving on the floor, taking charges or whatever, it inspires them to do the same. That's a senior leader, bro, and you guys were missing that. His return, he's probably never going to be your leading scorer, right? He's probably never going to score 20 points in a game. But the little intangible things that he does helps make you guys a better basketball team. Absolutely. I mean, even in, even in practice, he uh, you know he brings the energy. Every every rep, he goes 100. percent He doesn't take a rep off. But you know, you could say that about some kids, but I could truly say, honestly, he never really takes a rep off. Now, sometimes he gets a little too competitive, and you know, he gets a little chippy. But I kind of, you know, sometimes we need that. We need that super fiery competitiveness that uh, you know refuse to lose and get mad when you lose type thing. And I think he kind of brings that edge and. Like you said, everybody else sees and they're like, "Well, I don't want him to show me up." And it kind of it kind of raises everybody else's level of play or our level of intensity. And um, you know, I I think he's he's a little bit he needs to get a little more in shape because he's uh, obviously he's been out for a while. And he, he looks at me when he's on the court. He's like, "Coach, I need a breather." But uh, I mean, he, if he keeps playing the way he's playing and hard and getting rebounds and down on the floor, he's going to keep getting minutes. And um, I think it just makes our whole team uh, you know better. How important was it, you know, because we talked about you guys lost a close one to Belchase. Before that, you'd lost a close one to Ellender in overtime and then lost a close one to Central Lafouche. And you guys did win a close one against Destran in between there. But how important was it after an 0-2 start to the tournament for your guys just mentally to get that win against C.D. White? Because I got to tell you, looking at the body language after the Shaw game, they were a little bit dejected. But looking at them after the E.D. White game, they were perked back up. You guys needed that win on Saturday. Oh no doubt that was a, that was a huge not only for the players but you know for the fans for the coaches for, for everybody we just needed we needed a win and I think the players really went out and they they showed through their play and through their effort that we needed a win you know we you know I've heard people say we made some shots that we might not should have made or whatever whatever it may be but um, you know luck not luck skill, not skill, whatever, we needed to win. And somehow we found out or we found a way to get the win uh, against a team that's going to win a good bit of games, especially when they get all their guys back. Um, you know, and we and created some confidence in our team. And, you know, we could score. We could, we could compete with teams. We could, uh, we, could, we could play with teams. And I, I think that it's huge not only for our confidence for everybody going forward, but um, it kind of just is going to help us in the long run with PowerPoints possibly if we start winning more games. So I think it's huge for our team and, and for, for the fans and the coaches and everybody. For sure, dude. Going out to Laplace, playing in the St. Charles tournament, what are some things you're hoping to see from your group over the next several days? Uh, same, same thing we kind of just uh, what we saw in the tournament, like competing, you know, like – Obviously, the Shaw game got a little out of hand, and, and but every other game we competed with some quality opponents, and we're going to see the same thing at this tournament, some discipline, hard nose, physical opponents, and 
I don't want to see us backing down. I want to see us, um, you know, competing on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, I want to see us uh, playing team basketball. And I want to see us just keep having that confidence and, and uh, supporting each other. Like, I thought, I thought our bench media white game was, had a, great, a lot of energy and they were into the game uh, and they were supporting teammates and all that stuff. So just the same things we were always kind of looking for, outward people. Um, and hopefully we can come out uh, at least with two or three wins uh, in this, this four-day tournament. Are you guys healthy coming in? I know you got Jarvis back. Uh, you know, Terrence was battling a flu bug. Have you guys mostly been able to contain that stuff? Are you, are you healthy going into the weekend? Yes, sir. Everybody besides Rustin Gidry. Rustin's got a foot injury, but he told me he should be getting cleared by the, uh, by the end of the week. Okay. Sounds like a winner, bro. Hey, happy new year. Thanks so much for the time and good luck today, buddy. I appreciate it, Casey. Happy new year, y'all too. Yep. There's Coach Brody Williams doing a good job as always. Look, man, there, this is going to sound like me just 100% being a homer, right? Because at the end of the day, you are what your record says you are. And South Lafouche is three and nine, but they're so close to being so much better than that. You lose a game in your opener against Thibodeau that you could have just as easily won. A couple days after that, you lose to Thibodeau again by literally two points. You lose to Central Lafouge by three points. You lose in overtime to Ellender. You lose by four to Bell Chase. Um, what is that, four games? Let's say you win two of those. Then instead of being three and nine, you're five and seven. Let's say you win three of those, you're six and six. They're so close. The youth early in the season... I think plagued the team because they would kind of get tight and tense late in the game. They didn't really weren't comfortable in their offense. They weren't playing as freely as they are now. And I really also believe that getting Jarvis back, uh, senior leadership all over the floor. Basketball teams need guys that are going to be willing to do that dirty work. It's more than just scoring. It's more than um, you know getting assists and highlight real shots and dunks. It, it's more than that. You need the gutsy, scrappy guy that's going to be on the floor, drawing charges, and he's like 5'7", like I said, but he gets rebounds and he does all the dirty work. The Tarpons are a better team without him. They're so close, and they have a stretch coming up where they could win some games here. I don't know what the bracket looks like at St. Charles. I know the St. Charles game today is going to be difficult, but next week you got South Terrebonne, winnable game. Homa Christian, winnable game. Central Catholic, you're probably an underdog, but winnable game. Assumption, very winnable game. Patterson, you're going to be a dog there. South Terrebonne, winnable game. Lutcher, winnable game. Assumption, winnable game. Morgan City, winnable game. You're approaching a stretch in your schedule where if you keep doing the things that you have done for the last couple of weeks and getting better and better, you can maybe go on a little bit of a run here. Go on a little bit of a run and inspire some confidence and start playing your ball or your best ball, rather, heading into district play. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to have Taylor Griffin on the line. But first, before we do that, I saw this on social media earlier, and I want to give a shout-out to one of my favorite people in the entire world. I want to wish a sincere, happy 12th birthday to Aria Petrie. Uh, Aria is a South Lafouche Biddy basketball player and is also the little sister of Terrence Petrie and Ava Petrie, who played South Lafouche girls basketball in the past. The biggest Tarpon fan in the world, the sweetest child in the world. Ari, if you're listening, happy 12th birthday from Coach Casey. Hope you have a wonderful day. Can't wait to see you at the gym soon. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to have Taylor Griffin. We'll be chatting with the turtle about everything happening in the world of sports. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. What would you do if you had a broken bone? 
you'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem. And with the Family Medical Leave Act, it's completely confidential. Call now, 800-398-7414. That's 800-398-7414. Your business is as unique as Southeast Louisiana. People, culture, family. We know what it means to be local. Rev is your local communications provider with support teams that live and work in the same Louisiana communities we serve. Customer first localism is truly in our DNA. Our promise is to bring your business the reliability and local support you deserve. We've been connecting communities in Louisiana for 85 years and we're ready to serve you and your business. Rev Business. I'm Jim Harper, president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. On our farm in Cheneyville, my brother and I grow sugarcane, soybeans, rice, and crawfish. It's more than a living for us. It's a lifestyle. And the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation is a grassroots organization that stands together to protect that lifestyle. You depend on agriculture, and we depend on you to join us. Visit LAFarmBureau.org, the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa wants you to join them for the Start of Something New sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It's a grand new year, so get a great deal on your new dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Boy, boy, boy. Uh, Could not have been a more perfect intro song to get into this segment with Taylor Griffin. It's play-by-play. We thank Coach Brody Williams for the time in the last segment, and we go to Taylor now. Good afternoon. Happy New Year, buddy. How we doing? Hey, Happy New Year. Good to hear from you. How's everybody doing? Good, dude. Look, we we always talk about some of the more local stuff first, but we got to make an audible today because on Monday night, I am... Just getting home from my family plans. You know, we're eating lunch and supper at my brother's house. And, you know, I scurry on back to the the back of the street. And I get on the Lazy Boy. And I got the Sugar Bowl on. I'm watching Texas and Washington. And then I get a text message from a friend of mine which said two things. USA, period. Now, period. So, I flip on USA. And I see Dwayne The Rock Johnson walking down the aisle to cut a promo against Jinder Mahal and then leaving that promo by challenging Roman Reigns. And then he has since said on social media, on both Twitter and Instagram, that this is not a one-off and that, quote, there's still so much more that we're going to do. 
Turtle, you and I have been talking about this for more than a year. We are, don't know if it'll be at Elimination Chamber in Australia. Don't know if it'll be at WrestleMania. But we're going to get The uh, the Rock taking on Roman Reigns. And it looks like at least for the next couple of months, old Dwayne is back in the fold. And brother, I am excited. Man, same here, same here. Cannot cannot say enough how pumped I am about this. And uh, as you had texted me, you know, I was was in the middle of trying to install different apps on the TV, and I couldn't tune in right away, but I went back and watched it. I went back and watched it again last night on Hulu just, just to see the replay. And, yes, after over a year, you and I have been talking. Finally, The Rock and Roman Reigns is going to happen. It's finally here. And as you said, and, and you know, as everything I've been reading online, you know, it's uh, it ain't just a one-off thing, man. There's, there's so much more story to tell and throwing The Rock in the mix. Like, man, between The Rock coming back, you got Cody Rhodes is on fire, and Seth Rollins is on fire. You got CM Punk that's back. I mean, what a freaking time to be a wrestling fan. You know, things things are really on the up and up. And man, oh, and Randy Orton, God, forgot to mention him. Uh, man, it's uh, it's awesome. I cannot wait to see these next couple months unfold leading to WrestleMania, man. So let's talk um, because. Reportedly, it, it's they want The Rock to appear at Elimination Chamber, which is in Australia. WWE doesn't do a whole lot of stuff in Australia. They want to draw a huge house. They're doing it in a stadium. They want to make big headway there. But here are my thoughts. A, I don't think we're going to see The Rock and Roman at 5 o'clock a.m. American time. I don't think we're going to do that. And then B... Um, if you do the match at Elimination Chamber, and let's assume that Roman would go over and would defeat The Rock, how would you then turn around and beat the biggest star in sports but then lose to Cody? So like the timing of this leads me to believe, A, this is probably going to be a WrestleMania match, and B, Cody's quote-unquote story is probably going to be put on hold to maybe SummerSlam or maybe later because the timing of this all, I don't know how they can make it work and fit it all into the next three or four months. I think it's Roman and Rock for the foreseeable future. Man, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I read and what sort of makes sense. I saw different people theorizing, you know, what, which direction they think they're going to go here. And one of them shows, you know, talk about a big curveball. You get the Rock involved to cost Roman the title either at Rumble or at Elimination Chamber, Roman will end up losing to somebody like Randy Orton or something like that. He loses the title, and then it keeps the feud strong. He doesn't lose clean because The Rock somehow got involved and interrupted to a huge pop still seen as a face. And then that sets up The Rock versus Roman for no title. It keeps both of them strong. And Cody's story gets concluded at WrestleMania against Randy Orton instead of Roman Reigns. And that's when he gets the belt. That I could very well see happening. I mean, huge curveball, but at this point, you can't rule anything out. 
Yeah, and that's that's the intrigue is that we have no inkling of how this is going to go, and that's what keeps us watching for sure, man. Look, we had Brody Williams on in the last segment of the show. The Tarpons boys basketball team is three and nine, but I gotta say, this past weekend they unquestionably played better than they did at any other point during the season. They lose by four to a nine and seven Bell Chase team that has a ton of size, a ton of skill. That was a good result. Get blown out by Shaw. Hey, Shaw is one of the best teams in the state. No harm, no foul. But you rebound on the third day of that tournament. You beat an eight and four Ed White team on their home floor, fifty six to fifty two. Brody really thinks that this young team, which is three and nine, but has lost so many close games, is starting to turn a corner. We're starting to see some of that progress, man. Those youthful Tarpons are starting to grow up a little bit. Yeah, man. That's uh, you know, playing the youth early could, while it may hurt you early on in certain situations, they have to learn, they have to grow, they have to be thrown into the fire and see if they know how to swim through the flames and. It'll only help your future here. Just at this point, the biggest challenge is getting the guys to not only believe in themselves, but getting the guys to continue to believe in the program and not, uh, you know, next year or the year after, like, ah, I think I'll just stick to football. I think I'll just stick to baseball. You know, hopefully there's no outside influence from any of those coaches and they let, you know, spreading the wealth between the athletes. Hopefully that, that continues to be a positive thing. But, um, you know, where you go from here is, look, you guys know how to lose. You guys know how to win. You guys know how to play. I don't care that you're 14, 15 years old. You know how to play with the 18 and 19-year-olds. So let's continue to grow. Let's continue to learn. And let's go win some games. So I, I think I think they're on the right track, man. I really, you know, 3-9 and nine looks bad no matter how you draw it up. But it, it's the stuff that you can't touch. It's the stuff that you can't see. You know, on the stat sheet, it's 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 what's going on in that gym every day. I, I think I think they're making the right progress, man. There's still definitely some hope for definitely the future, but also just right now. You know, for the, these next these next couple weeks will be uh will be big for the stars. It's led to a social media debate. The fact that the Grambling women's basketball team won a game last night by 141 points. Grambling scored a 159-18 to 18 win over the College of Biblical Studies, improving to 6-5 and five on the season. It is the largest ever margin of victory in Division I women's basketball history. Some folks are saying, hey, this is cool. You set a record. Other folks are saying, shame on you. How would you do this to an opponent like that? I didn't watch the game. I don't know if they were pressing or whatever, but obviously to score 159 points in a 40-minute game, you were pushing the ball the whole way. You're a former coach. What are your thoughts, man? A 141-point victory. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say I love it or I'm a huge fan or I think it's awesome or great for you know, any anything like that, but I, I will say this, and I, I'm going to – I'm going to try to say it carefully, man, when you, first of all, grambling, the grambling women's program is it, they're not a slouch, you know, they're not a guaranteed victory for anyone. They're a solid team. Uh, I just happened to look them up, man. They six and five. They beat Nichols decisively. They, they beat Nichols with, with no issues. They're, they're looking at second place in the SWAC right now. Um, Grambling's a solid team. Now, should anyone in in college sports be a hundred uh, be over a hundred points better than anyone else? 
no, I don't think so. 140 to be exact. I mean, no, like it's, it's it's ridiculous. And the thing is, you know, there's there's two different ways to look at it, and I'm honestly not sure what side of the coin I'm on. You're giving players an opportunity to continue their dream. You're providing, you know, the the College of Biblical Studies. Instead of asking why do they even bother having a basketball team, you just say, you know what, good for those kids. They get to continue living their dream and all that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, they're not kids anymore. It's college sports. It's college athletics. It's I don't feel bad for them. They know what they signed up for. I mean, does the dean? Or the athletic director have a conversation with the coach, like, hey, maybe, maybe we don't schedule them next time, or may, maybe we, you know, do something a little different. I mean, sure, I, I, that, that's a conversation that has to be had. You know, let's be more mindful of who we're scheduling in the future. But, I mean, it's I, – I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. Good, good for grambling. You know, it's a good way to get a run in, get some practice in. The only thing, now look, I didn't watch the game. I didn't read the stats. Did Grambling leave their starters in the whole time and, and not get clear out the whole bench and get valuable playing time? If they did that just for the sake of chasing a record, yeah, then I would have a problem. But if Grambling had, you know, their walk-ons and, and you know, their, their 14th to 19th best players on the team on the floor at this point, dominating, running and gunning, having fun. And I've got no gripe with that at all. Good on Grambling for, for doing that. And, you know, I don't want to say shame on the College of Biblical Studies for poor scheduling, but then they know what they signed up for. When, when you get when you step on a college floor, man, you can't be soft. There's no more, you know, feel feel bad for the kids. There's no more feel bad for them, man. They, they, they're a struggling program. Things are tough. You know, they, they, they got a lot of youth, blah, blah, blah. Bro, it's college sports. But we can't have any of that softness. So uh, the, my only complaint is, like I said, if Grambling doesn't get all their players involved and they just simply chasing a record with their best five, that would be an issue. But that, that, still, that still remains to be seen. I'll do my own research once we hang up. It, it, they didn't. They played everybody. They had like nine or ten players in double digits, so they did spread it okay. out a little. Well, that, well, that's, that, well then that eliminates that argument there. So, I mean, I, back, back to what I was saying, man. You know what you signed up for. College sports is a grown man and grown women business. So, you know, good, good, good for both sides for competing the whole time. Good for the College of Biblical Studies for not giving up and just, uh, you know, they, they finished the game. They, they, they finished – you know, good, good, good for both sides. There you go. We open up Southland Conference play for the Nichols women tomorrow night in Stouffer Gymnasium. Coach Justin Payne and his team will take on Southeastern, the reigning league champions. Now, with that having been said, Southeastern, at least initially in the season, is not as strong as they were last year. They're four and seven. They've gotten beat up a little bit at times. Granted, against some top flight competition at times as well. Um, but Coach Payne and his staff are going to find out right away. You're at Stouffer. You're facing a, a conference rival and a conference rival with a winning tradition. Tomorrow at, oh, about 9 o'clock when we're walking out of Stouffer, we're going to know more about Nichols one way or another, but they got a big test right out of the gate. Yeah, man, and uh, a little-known fact that's uh, a little extra juice, something super exciting, maybe not everyone realizes that. As soon as I say it, I know it's going to click for you. Man, one of the top assistants at the Southeastern Women's Program, yep. K.J. Lee, 
was a former Nichols men's basketball player at the same time as Justin Payne. Those guys lived together. Those guys were roommates. Those guys were and still are, like, top best of friends here. Like, they are brothers. And that right there is just going to add some extra juice in the gym. That is going to bring more fans, more local people that, that know both of these guys. KJ is from right there in Baton Rouge, so that's that's going to be a lot of local love, a lot of local support. I, I, I'm expecting to see former players in the house, just former people who have been around these programs, been around these guys in their personal lives. Uh, people won't any, anyone who doesn't know that won't realize it, but there's going to be a lot of extra adrenaline, a lot of extra juices flowing in the gym tomorrow night. And I, for one, am super excited about it because that was at the same time that I was involved with them. Man, that's uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be a, a happy reunion and a super competitive atmosphere between those two guys. Uh, I can't I can't wait to be a part of. It. LSU gets a win in their bowl game over Wisconsin. They had to struggle through it, but they found a way to win. They got their tenth win now. Um, with that having been said, Brian Kelly said after the bowl, all right, now's the time. We're going to reevaluate our staff. We're going to make some decisions. Well, the hammer dropped today. He fired defensive coordinator Matt House, and he fired every single defensive assistant coach, um, which is going to leave some spots to be filled. You're going to have to replace those guys with some other guys. But, bro, self-preservation. Brian Kelly knows if he would have brought Matt House back and your defense would have stunk again next year, then it would have been Brian Kelly's head that would have been served on the platter. Self-preservation, he had to make the move he did. Now curious to see what type of hires they get because I know this, it's LSU. You're going to have great players. You're going to pay well. You're going to be able to get a very good name. But um, don't often see an entire side of the ball get relieved of their duties where they fired all the assistant coaches. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a, that's a pretty drastic move. That's That's like, you know, we've seen... I mean, you, you've seen Coach Bombay do it in, uh, in the Mighty Ducks, you know, just changing the whole side. It, uh, change it up, you know, let's get a, f- a fresh uh, a fresh personnel in. You've seen high school coaches, college coaches, you know, and give me five guys who want to get out and guard and play hard, and, and you know, we, we sub five guys at a time. We've seen it. Now, to see a whole staff get, <laughs> get fired – Wish them best of luck in their future endeavors all at the same time on the same day, all from the same side of the ball. That's huge. That's big. And, uh, you know, pardon the pun, I, I'm stealing it from Facebook, but, man, talk about cleaning house here. That, that's, that's, that's huge. But it had to happen. It had to happen. Um, many people could speculate. Many people could look at stats. Many people can say, you know, if we have – a kind of okay, kind of bad, kind of mediocre defense this year, we're probably in this top four playoff over New Year's weekend. So all you got to do is improve a little bit. Now, look, at the end of the day, you also need players who can execute. I mean, some of these defensive coaches, they got to do some better recruiting, maybe bring some better guys in, maybe attack the portal a little better. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, just, just having four fresh faces in there on the defensive staff has to be a drastic improvement because at times the LSU defense was just worthless this year. Um, and I don't know about you, but what, what, really, what really pissed me off was the last, the last drive, the last series, the last three or four plays of the game. Look all those sacks. Look all that defensive intensity. Look how amazing the defense played. Like where was that all year? Sometimes you got to roll the dice. Sometimes you got to get real aggressive. And and look, 
even if your DBs are going to have extra pressure on them because there's no help because everyone else is blitzing, so be it. The quarterback is being disrupted. The quarterback is being made to be uncomfortable. He's not going to be able to make the, the same comfortable throws anyway. So for us to do that the last three, four plays of the game, dude, can we not see more of that in the first three quarters of next year's games? Like, I like, I like the aggression, man, but I want to see more of it. I'm with you. That's very, very well said. Uh, they showed their potential, and now they got to keep that rolling going forward. Somehow, some way, the New Orleans Saints are still in the playoff hunt. They've got two doors that could possibly open. First, they need to beat Atlanta on Sunday, and they need Carolina to beat Tampa. Pretty unlikely, but not impossible. Tampa and Carolina played a close game earlier this year. If that happens, New Orleans wins the NFC South and will be the four seed in the NFC. Let's assume the Saints win and Tampa wins and Tampa gets the the division. New Orleans could also get into the postseason as a wild card, assuming that Arizona beats Seattle and Chicago beats Green Bay. So you got two different ways in. You need some help around the league. Brian is convinced, our old buddy Coach Kyle is convinced, that they're going to get all of the help that they need. He's convinced that Tampa's losing, Arizona's going to win, Chicago's going to win but that the Saints are going to lose to Atlanta. What say you, man, with New Orleans still having a shot here in the last week? Oh, man, that's that's funny, and it's hard to argue against it. I could very well see just as a lifelong Saints fan, I mean, the the story kind of writes itself. They're going to play out of their mind awesome. They're going to dominate. They're going to win the game, and – um. It's it's just that, that things things are not gonna. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I blew that, I blew that. They're they're gonna blow the game and all the all the help that they need. You know, Arizona's gonna play out of their mind and dominate. Carolina's gonna beat Tampa Bay. All the help that the Saints are waiting on is gonna happen, and the and the Saints are just gonna blow it. It's that's I could very well see that happen, and I think Coach Colley is on the right track there. Whew, that would be uh that would be brutal for New Orleans fans who have certainly been through a lot, man. Uh, look, let's talk about this. In the NBA, the Pelicans are playing well. Uh, they got a big old win yesterday against um, the Brooklyn Nets, one twelve to eighty five. It's inconsistent, right? Uh, we've talked about this many times. They'll win three or four in a row, lose two or three in a row. But damn it, if it's not beautiful when they're playing well, they dominated last night. And then now the biggest news of all, bro, and it's only 10 games, but it's 10 games we wouldn't have otherwise had. Pelicans are coming to free TV, man. Look, I really believe that's going to help. It's impossible in Lafouche Parish to watch a Pelicans game without buying some sort of app or something. Dude, giving free access to people, that's going to get more kids involved. That's going to grow the brand. That's a really big deal that now it's going to be easier and not no longer impossible to actually watch this team play. Yeah, I mean, thank God. You know, it's 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 about time. You know, it's, uh if they want to if they want the team to stay around, they want to continue to grow the brand. Man, you got you got to give you got to give the fans who are begging for opportunities to see them. You got to give them the opportunities, and for them to come to free TV like that, as you said. Uh, that's much needed. That that's that's long overdue. Um, and you know, speaking of the Pelicans' play, man, it's uh, man, it's beautiful to see. It, it's it's great when they all come in together, when they all click and dude, they could very well be a playoff team that, that that makes a little run here, that makes a little noise. I mean, the the, the number one thing is consistency and staying healthy. It, it's just hopefully it's not the same story we've we've been 
you know, we've been seeing every year. I mean, I'm pretty much, as a fan, I'm pretty much on my last nerve, giving them my, my last shred of hope to the team to have any sort of, you know, deep success this year. But, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll only make the entire program better. It'll only make the organization better by giving fans more access to see the game. So I'm super excited about it, and I just I think it's about time. I'm going to ask this question because I caused a firestorm on this show last week. Do you eat Pop-Tarts, Turtle? Yes, I do. What's the best flavor? Um, I got two answers. I got two answers. Cold, right out the pack, the best flavor is the classic strawberry. Okay. But if a toaster is involved, s'mores yes! undefeated. Yes! That's why we have you on. I said on this show, s'mores was the number one. There's not a close second. Everybody like, oh, man, you got to try wild berry. You got to try strawberry. Oh, s'mores are gross. Thank you, Turtle, for being the voice of reason and being the only person so far that has had my back. Thank you. <laughs> hey, look, I didn't know. I, I missed that segment. I had no idea you said that. This was not planned. But, I mean, it's. Who doesn't love s'mores? Who doesn't love hot s'mores, man? Y'all Weirdos. Wake up. Weirdos wake don't up. like s'mores. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page, man. <laughs> but uh, Brandon Brown came on earlier in the show. He said s'mores is not even in the top ten. Talk about somebody that that we don't respect their opinion anymore. Not even in the top ten. Top ten? Come on, Coach Brown. Top dude. There's not. There's not ten pop tarts. <laughs> Ten flavors? I can't. I can't think of ten flavors. Oh man! Uh, all joking aside, thanks so much for the time, buddy. Can't wait to chat with you more. And uh, man, look forward to seeing you at the gym uh, tomorrow as well. Yes, indeed, man. Looking forward to it. Uh, it it's fun as always. And uh, go Tarps, and God bless America. That is Taylor Griffin getting his play-by-play contract re- renewed, as he uh, correctly states that s'mores are the best flavor of Pop Tarts. Um, Thank you so much, Turtle, for that. I now have renewed faith and hope in humanity. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll talk a little bit about some changes in Baton Rouge. Brian Kelly ain't messing around. He has let go of his entire defensive staff. We'll talk about that. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Tiger fans, are you looking for the latest news on all things LSU? Then Tiger Rack Magazine is your go-to source. Whether you pick up the magazine or browse over to the website, Tiger Rack Magazine provides you with the most up-to-date information on all the sports, university, and recruiting news that matters to you. Find it at your local newsstand or online at TigerRag.com. Here we come! Let's face it, we all know that the recruiting scene at LSU can get a little wild. Don't fret. Now more than ever, Tiger Rag Magazine is staying ahead of the game when it comes to name image likeness regulations. Thanks to our Tiger Rag Magazine experts and analysts, we can help you understand what it means to LSU and how you can stand formed on this rapidly changing landscape. Plus, our website makes it easy for fans to get their hands on all the information they need about LSU athletics. Get your subscriptions today. So if you're looking for in-depth coverage of everything LSU, Look no further than Tiger Rag Magazine. Available on newsstands or online, tigerrag.com. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado. 
with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. The other day, someone said they saw a roach the size of a nutria down around Cutoff. I don't know about that, but nasty pests like roaches, termites, ants, and spiders are running wild up and down the bayou. If you got bug problems, call the local experts at Terminex, and those bayou boys will be there in a jiffy to protect your home or business. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou, Terminex is here to get rid of bugs any size. So call those bayou boys. They'll get you, get you, Terminex Tough! Join the Hot Sauce Express weekdays on the Rage and Cajun. Tune in from 6 to 10 a.m. for the best Cajun music anywhere on this planet. The Hot Sauce Express. And it's all brought to you in part by Later of the Sea General Hospital and Golden Motors. Don't forget, that's the Hot Sauce Express weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Right here on the Rage and Cajun. KLEB 1600 a.m. and 102.7 FM. It's Mardi Gras time and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and 18 stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Welcome back to Play by Play. We're wrapping up. One more segment to go. Uh, the hammer has dropped in Baton Rouge. Brian Kelly said after the regular season that when the season ended, he would evaluate his coaching staff. Um, fans got impatient and assumed that that meant that he was going to evaluate his coaching staff like in the next week after LSU beat Texas A&M. But what Brian Kelly actually meant is no, like when the season is actually over after the bowl game. And, uh, well, he did. Uh, he has reevaluated some things that they're going to be doing because today Brian Kelly announced that defensive coordinator Matt House, safeties coach Kerry Cooks, cornerbacks coach Robert Steeples, and defensive line coach Jimmy Lindsey will all be relieved of their duties Um going forward for the LSU program. And Coach Kelly released a statement just a couple of minutes ago, which said, I want to thank each of these coaches for their work on behalf of our football program and our institution during their time here. Decisions like these are always difficult, and we do not make them lightly, but they are made with the best interests of our program and our student-athletes in mind. Moving forward, we will continue working to build a championship-caliber coaching staff in support of our mission to graduate champions. The Tigers were 10-3 and this season. 
but anybody who watched LSU play this season knows that LSU could have potentially been 12 and 1, 13 and 0 college football playoff contender had they um had a defense that was worth the crap, quite frankly. The LSU was terrible defensively, 105th nationally in total defense, allowing 406 yards, or excuse me, 416 yards per game. They were 78th in scoring defense, allowing 28 points per game. And if you take the cupcakes out of those stats, which would be a 72 to win, a 72 to 10 win against Grambling, a 62 to nothing win against Army, a 56 to 14 win against Georgia State. If you remove all of those from the equation, the defensive stats were even worse than what they actually were, including in the bowl game where you let a very subpar Wisconsin offense get 500 plus yards of offense on you. Um, so Brian Kelly has made the decision that he's going to be moving forward with a new defensive staff. Now, obviously, that creates a, a unique situation. You, ideally, you would like to have continuity. You would like to have less turnover. You wouldn't like to have a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator. But this is a move of self-preservation for Coach Brian Kelly because, man, if if Brian Kelly would have brought back Matt House as his defensive coordinator. And look, by the way, I'm not all the way a thousand percent sold on the idea that Matt House was the only problem for LSU's defense this year. Because if you look at his track record and his career history, he was a coordinator at the University of Kentucky and had a really good defense. He was a coordinator at LSU last year and had a really good defense. So this is not a situation where like the dude has just never been successful and has continued to fail upward. He's had successful defensive runs in the SEC. There was just something that was amiss this year, be it personnel, be it the inability to make adjustments, be it whatever, LSU struggled defensively this year. And for Brian Kelly, this is a move of self-preservation because, look, man, you guys know how it is in Baton Rouge. If Brian Kelly brings Matt House back and says, you know what, we were young, it wasn't the coach's fault, um, we're going to work hard, we're going to develop our players, and, and, and we're going we're gonna to develop our players with the same ca- coaching staff. If he would have done that, and then you get to the season opener next year when you're playing USC, which is going to be another big showdown matchup to open up the year, and you give up 560 yards of offense and you either win a shootout or, or, heaven forbid, lose the game out in Las Vegas, then you know who would have been on the hot seat at that point? It would have no longer been Matt House who would have been on the hot seat. It would have been Brian Kelly, right? This is LSU. This is not Northwestern. This is not Purdue. This is not Iowa State. This is not Colorado State. This is LSU. Being 108th at something is not good enough not given the quality and caliber of players that you have in your program that you recruit annually. And the biggest reason and the biggest thing that I want to see happen with the next defensive coaching staff in Baton Rouge, got to start developing some dudes, bro. Because I watch, let's say, I'm going to use him as as an example because he's probably the name that folks locally are most familiar with. I'm going to use Mason Smith as an example. Mason Smith was really good as a true freshman, right? He wasn't the best player in the country on the defensive line, but he was solid. He was a solid true freshman starter for LSU on the defensive line as a true freshman. 
starts to have some injury issues, whatever, sits out the, you know, the last season and then he comes back. He's the same exact player that he was as a true freshman, if not maybe even worse. And there are others in the program who are the same, who seem to have regressed as opposed to developing and getting bigger, faster, stronger. On the offensive side for LSU, it's been the exact opposite. We've seen Jaden Daniels go from an average quarterback to the best player in the country. Brian Thomas from just a piece on the offense to being a guy who leads the country in touchdowns. Malik Neighbors going from being a solid number one receiver to the best receiver in the country. So LSU and offensive line, you know, Campbell has developed and mold like LSU's developing the hell out of their offensive players and turning them into weapons. We're not seeing the same thing happen on the defensive side. So more important to me than getting a guy that maybe schematically is going to be some sort of whiz is going to be finding a way to get a guy who could get the most out of his dudes. Iowa had one of the best defenses in the country this past season. You think that if we had a relay race with Iowa's defense racing the LSU defense, do you think that Iowa would win? If we had a bench-pressing competition where you had Iowa's defense lifting against LSU's defense, do you think Iowa's defense would win? No, you got the bigger, faster, stronger part right. Now you've got to get that player development and get those guys to be trained to be in the right positions to make plays. LSU's tackling this season was a train wreck. How many times this year did we see, and I call it lost yardage, how many times this year did we see a running back get hit at the line of scrimmage and it looks like, okay, got him, one-yard gain, got him at the line of scrimmage, maybe even lose a yard. But they break out of the first arm tackle, bounce to the outside, get six, seven yards on a play that you thought was dead at the line of scrimmage. That was the story of the LSU defense. Hell, go back to the bowl. Before the final drive, how many times did it feel like LSU had Tanner Mordecai in jail, in the pocket, locked up, we're right in his face, but they can't tackle him and he squirts out and instead of a five-yard loss and a sack, he picks up two or three yards. That little crap like that is the difference between third and 17 and third and four. And the difference between third and 17 and third and four is the difference between you being a good defense and a terrible defense. Fundamentally, you've got to get better. You've got to be better at taking angles. You've got to be better at tackling. You've got to be better on the back end at playing the ball. How often did we see an LSU defensive back who's run? They're athletically gifted enough to run side-by-side side with the receivers, right? But the receiver's going up in the air and making a play on the ball and oftentimes making a catch. Why? Because the defensive back is, has their face mask looking straight at the face of the receiver instead of turning and looking at the ball. That's a fundamental thing that was not taught well this year in Baton Rouge, that if it were taught well in Baton Rouge, this defense would have been night and day better. So Brian Kelly and his staff have the challenge of it's bigger than X's and O's. you got to find a dude who's going to relate to these guys, who could teach them better situational football, and who could get them all playing together as one unified unit. And at the end of the day, I truly believe that if you put truth serum in Brian Kelly's veins, he would have probably said that if it was his preference, he would have probably brought Matt House back because I think the two are close and I think the two have a great relationship. But when you see yesterday, Makai Wingo declare for the NFL draft, 
And in his declaration announcement, he thanks every single defensive coach and also Coach Kelly, but he does not name Matt House in his announcement at all. That is a clear and ringing endorsement of the fact that the locker room does not relate to that guy. And when the locker room doesn't relate to that guy in the year 2024 in the era of player empowerment, you're in a bind. And you're in a bind that is deep as such to where you got to replace your whole defensive staff. So it'll be interesting to see those hires. It'll be interesting to see who LSU pulls out. And hopefully they could find a way to get somebody who's going to be more relatable to the guys. Because if you play defense the way that you did this year, next year, when your offense probably isn't going to be as explosive because you're going to take a little bit of a step back there. Why wouldn't you? you got, you're got losing receivers. You're losing the Heisman Trophy. So your offense is going to, instead of scoring 50 a game, might score just 35 a game. If you don't improve your defense drastically, it's going to be a 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five really bad year. But on the flip side to that, if you turn your defense around and you fix it and it goes from an F to being a C-plus or a B-minus, then you could potentially win the entire conference next year because your offense is still going to be good enough to score 30, 35, 40 points in most of the times that they play. So very interesting news from Coach Kelly there making the announcement that not only is Matt Howe's gone, (laughs) everybody on the defensive side is gone, and we'll see now who the Tigers come up with in terms of making their their defensive staff. The LSU team is going to be uh, hopefully getting a... um, Commitment from one of the best players in the country. Let's see. Harlem Berry, a five-star running back from St. Martin's Episcopal School, uh, is the number one running back in the country. He is going to be making his college decision tonight at 8 p.m. LSU is very strongly considered to be the favorite for his services going forward. He is a St. Martin's Episcopal School running back. He's a speed demon, six foot 175, 4.37, clocked 40-yard dash time. He's a five-star, and LSU's hoping to secure his services uh, tonight. So hopefully the Tigers will be able to add another one to their next class, which is looking, by the way, like it's going to be a really special class. A lot of folks are kind of disgruntled right now because, oh, man, um, our recruiting class is like seventh or eighth. That's kind of a bummer. Folks, the only reason why LSU's recruiting class is seventh or eighth this year, not second or third, is because Louisiana was a little weaker this year than it normally is. You got everybody in Louisiana. That's the most important thing. To me, the most important thing that an LSU head football coach has to do at any time in their tenure is you have to successfully recruit the state of Louisiana. If you do that year in and year out, you're always going to have enough talent. Most years, 95% of the years, if you dominate Louisiana and get most of the guys in the top 15 in the state, your class is going to be a top five class just because of the amount of talent we have here. This year, it wasn't as good of a year for Louisiana, so you signed nine out of the top 10 players in the state, and as a result, you were only good enough to be like seventh or eighth in the country nationally. But this coming year, Louisiana's loaded to the gills. And if LSU cherry-picks the right ones this coming class like they did in the last one, they're going to be a top three or four class in the country. They're going to put themselves on that recruiting map And I think one of the big dominoes falls today when I do think that Harlan Berry is going to commit to LSU and give them a big piece to their 2025 group. That wraps up today's show. We want to thank, uh, who do we have today? We want to thank, oh man, my first guest is escaping me. Oh, drawing a blank, drawing a blank, drawing a blank. Brandon Brown joined us earlier in the show. 
<laughs> Sorry about that. I forgot about Brandon. Brandon Brown joined us today. Brody Williams joined us today. And Taylor Griffin joined us today. We want to thank all of them so much for their time. We want to wish best of luck to all of our local teams that are going to be competing tonight. A reminder, you'll be able to hear South Lafouche and E.D. White girls basketball, 6 o'clock roughly, start time right here on KLEB. So, we'll sign off. Tomorrow we got a fun show. Stan Gravois should be joining us, and we look forward to that. You've been listening to Play by Play. Have a great rest of the day. Love you guys. God bless. Keep it right here on KLEB. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE. 102.7 FM Golden Meadow.